This episode of the Jack Vita Show is brought to you by CBS All Access. Folks, I know there are many of you that listen to this podcast that are big-time soccer fans. The UEFA Champions League is about to get set. I believe that starts tomorrow. Now, where can you watch all of the matches in English? Well, the answer to that, CBS All Access. CBS All Access is the exclusive home for the UEFA Champions League. You can watch every game in English. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS. In addition to that, they just added some cool new stuff onto CBS All Access. Most notably, MTV's The Real World. I've been enjoying that. I just started watching The Real World San Diego. It's been a fun watch. You can also watch last week's guest, Albert, on Survivor, as they have every single season of Survivor on there, as well as Big Brother, and many other great classic CBS original shows, plus Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, you name it, all the Viacom properties, MTV, BET, so you're not going to want to miss out on that. Make sure you subscribe. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS. Sign up today and get a one-week free trial. If you stick around, $5.99 a month. It's a great deal. It's my favorite streaming platform. Sign up today at jackvita.com slash CBS. In addition to CBS All Access, I'd also like to thank our other sponsors, and those are our friends over at MLB Shop. If you're looking for some AL or NL championship gear, World Series apparel, you can get the same stuff that the players are wearing. You can get... American League champion, Tampa Bay Rays, hoodies, hats, shirts, you name it. Same deal with the NL champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. They've got a wide variety of apparel, great stuff, high quality stuff. Go to jackvita.com slash MLB shop. If you're looking for other good sports apparel, non-baseball, go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. They have all the same stuff. Actually, they are a partner of the MLB shop. But if you're looking for some basketball, hockey, NFL, college football, college basketball apparel, go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. So those links, once again, jackvita.com slash CBS, jackvita.com slash MLB shop, jackvita.com slash fanatics. And every time that you make a purchase through any of those links that I've provided one of the ad banners on the website. This podcast is supported financially. So once again, thank you all to the listeners. Thank you to the sponsors. And let's get to today's show. What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. Back in action here on Monday evening. It is October 19th, 2020. The championship series is over, and we are getting ready for the World Series. So much to get to today. So let me just, I'm not going to waste any time. Let me bring in our guest. He is a blogger. He's been on several podcasts, and he could tell us a little bit as to what he's been up to lately. His name is Joey Ricotta. How are you, Joey? Hey, Jack. Good, man. Thank you for having me. Um, been really excited and looking forward to this because it's been 
I feel like we've been trying to set this up yeah. for, I don't know, ages. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is awesome, man. This is really cool. No better time to do this than uh, right now in October with the kind of games that we've been watching lately. Oh, absolutely. And I got a note from some listeners. Several people were tweeting at me after my episode with Mario Lanza a few weeks ago. It was everyone's like, man, this podcast has been lacking in Italian-American representation. You need to get another one of these guys on there. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, you absolutely do, I, I feel like. And I'm not saying it has to be me, but um, if it is, hey, cool. And uh, I guess that's why I'm here, to, to help represent. So... <laughs> Yeah, man, it's always cool when we can link link up like this. Absolutely. Joey, I was talking to my mom earlier. I said, I'm doing a podcast, 8 p.m. She said, who are you podcasting with? I said, a guy by the name of Joey Ricotta. And she says, she says he sounds like a character on The Amanda Show. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. That Thinking of that, you know, uh, that Tony people... Pajama sketch. Yeah, a lot of people they they think it's a stage name. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know. They're I, not Italian. I, I I get it. I get it. I mean, my my last name means life in Italian. So yeah, good, 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 absolutely, man. Living <laughs> life, living vita. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, All right, good. Joey. We had a pretty big episode last week. I, I apologize that you have to follow up. Albert Destrade, he did a really outstanding job for us. Yeah, that's a tough act to follow, but I'm <laughs> gonna do my best because I I listened to it like I was telling you earlier, um, and that was an incredible podcast. So I'm gonna actually plug your own podcast while I'm on it. Anybody who's listening <laughs> to this, uh, before they listen to this, they should check that out because. Or actually do it afterwards because we're not gonna. Be, I'm not gonna be as good as that guy was. <laughs> so maybe yeah, listen to this first and then check that out. But definitely check that out. Well, thank you for the plug, Joey. And I was going to use this as an opportunity to give a plug to our sponsor for the show. One of our sponsors. That's CBS All Access. For those who missed last week's episode, Albert competed on the 23rd season of Survivor, Survivor South Pacific. If you listen to that episode and you want to hear more and see what Albert's time on Survivor was like, sign up for CBS All Access. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS. They have every season of Survivor on there, and it's a pretty good deal. $5.99 a month. Get one week free when you sign up today. I don't know if you saw his season of Survivor, but I know you watched some Survivor, Joey. Yeah, I don't think I have. Um, see, see, I've watched, like, I watched a little bit of the early seasons. Well, yeah. What season was he? Uh, 23. 23, okay. So, no. See, my girlfriend and I, like like uh, we've talked about, we, yes. we, we like the challenge. So, um, our challenge MTV, is great. The challenge. Yeah, it's awesome, man. But uh, we needed something to like hold us over. So then we started watching some of the the Survivor, and we didn't really get like to too many seasons before another challenge was on. <laughs> so it was kind of, and then of course all the sports stuff. It's hard for me to like actually commit to uh, <laughs> for a sure. series or show for that long. 
because once I get into it, it's like that's all you can watch for a little bit. Yeah, of course. But um, no, yeah, I don't think I I, I saw his season, but um, the seasons I watched, I liked. One thing I got to say, though. Yes. And I know this is not a, you know, Survivor podcast. Or, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you do a lot of reality I, stuff. I do, though. yeah. There's but, there's room for this, Joey. Go ahead. I want to hear this. Okay. okay. One thing I got to say is I don't know if this is how it is in the like the most recent seasons or the more the more recent seasons, but I do not like when the host guy <laughs> is like he he he's Jeff Probst. He's, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I don't like the guy, but right, he, right, right. he's like super like trying to be an announcer. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, with his hands up in the air, then whoever wins, you know, and then and it's like to me, it, it like gets in the way of like, all right, I just want to see what happens. Stop. <laughs> like, like, you don't need to announce that part. You don't. OK, I, I get it. We get it, you know, and then so that yeah. part of the show, I, I do not like. And if they could just do away with that, I think the show would be way, way better. But. I, I do like the show and it all in all, but you know. Yeah, TJ on the challenge, he just gets out of the way and lets them do the challenge. It'd be weird if TJ was trying to provide some play by play. Yeah, I couldn't see that at all. <laughs> Could not see that. That that guy is like way too chill to be like but he but he's got like the perfect uh like he he comes in there with like those one liners afterwards oh, yeah. or beforehand, you know, which makes it cool. And I feel like that's all you really need from a host. Absolutely. Like, tell us what's going on, and then throw in a little bit of comedic relief, and then, you know, step aside. <laughs> <laughs> and, Joey, I got some good news for you. If you didn't know this, they have 20 seasons of The Challenge on CBS All Access as well, and they just added last week. They have about 20 to 25 seasons of MTV's The Real World on there now, too. Okay. Okay. I didn't really get too much into the real world, but I, I'll definitely have to check out uh, the challenge. I don't know how many I haven't seen though at this point, but uh, there's stuff you forget though, and then it's yeah. always fun to like watch it back, you know. Yeah. So lots of goodies on CBS All Access. Go to jackvita.com/slash/cbs. We're talking about television hosts. How do you think the guys on these championship series did? We had on the. Uh, it was the the ones on Fox. Joe Buck called six games and then just bowed out for Game Seven because he had NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't uh, I wasn't unhappy with who, who did we get? Joe Davis? <sighs> yeah, I think that's his name. He did a good I job. I didn't mind Davis, and you know what? I I never really mind Joe Buck when he's doing baseball. I like him on both. I think he's good. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't mind the the baseball broadcast like with buck and and he's always paired with smoltz right uh yeah. john smoltz. i love john smoltz i'm a big fan i i think both i was gonna just give some credit to the broadcast crews for these playoffs i love i really like the brian anderson and ron darling team i think tbs has come a long way with their baseball coverage when they first got into broadcasting playoff baseball around 2007 I want to say it was it was a little shaky but it's it's gotten really good and best of all I I really really love that studio show that they have with Ernie Johnson yes. now hosting and Pedro and 
uh, Grandy's on there and J Roll. It's great. It's like the oh, it's I like the it. equivalent to their basketball show that they have on Turner. You know, I I, I love it. I I that's actually actually that's my that is my favorite. Uh, I didn't even think of that because I was thinking of uh, on the National League side. Yeah, the more the FS One uh, studio show. I'm not not a big fan of. No, I no. I don't see. I don't mind them either but i i just really like listening to ortiz and yeah. frank thomas yeah more i mean say what you want about a rod i don't really i don't i'm not talking bad about him as a person even though a lot of people will <laughs> um i just i, I don't know I, he's I don't, too rehearsed he has like his note sheet and he just reads what he prepared yeah he's like a robot yeah, you, you need some authenticity yeah, you know, like no personality, speak. none, none. Man, we gotta hear like, like what do you actually think and feel? Do <laughs> do you think and feel anything? It's like, like he, he's always just like, yeah. And here's the thing: the Dodgers they have more depth than anybody, <laughs> which is true. But or you know, but yeah, I don't know. It's it does sound very rehearsed and very. You know, I, I don't know. And you, you can tell, like, when he actually does a broadcast, too, when he's the color commentary yeah. commentator, he just says the most random things. <laughs> and then he'll say, like, somebody is like, oh, that that's his nickname. That's that's what they that's why they call him this. And it's like, that's not even that's not his nickname. And no one calls him that. Like, well, I just remember watching. They used to do those little like where he'd be doing a hitting demonstration with a guy and they pop it up and half screen it during the game and there was one where he was like on the plate where Altuve he's like wants Altuve to show him what he's doing with his bat and he Mm -hmm. physically pushes Altuve like out of the way (laughs) like maybe now maybe now like people are appreciative of the fact that maybe he did that because but it just seemed like at the time it's like man this guy really wants to demonstrate how much bigger he is than this smaller person yeah that's like the only defense for that would be and i didn't see it so i don't (laughs) comment on it specifically but the only defense for that would be like did he just not know like he was pushing him as hard as he did (laughs) (laughs) but like uh, yeah, that's that just seems like totally in character for him. Yeah. But the TBS crew, it's like it's everything we love about the basketball crew that they have for TNT where they have like Pedro's like the Charles Barkley where he's just <laughs> the the funny guy who they're going to make the little graphics out of and he's going to give you like who's Pedro's daddy tonight and all that stuff. And yeah. then you got you got J-Roll who's a little more like a Kenny Smith and then uh Granderson, I guess there isn't really like a Shaq equivalent, but Granderson's really good. I guess you could say Pedro's a little bit of Barkley and Shaq. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you could, I guess. Like, he kind of adds that, you know, that that type of humor. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I, I love the the post-game show that they have. Like, it's, it's... it, it, like you said, it's like the equivalent of the TNT um, NBA one that they have. Absolutely. Well, Joey, we have so much to get into today from these past two series that we watched. Let's start on the National League side. It was, I mean, we had two just phenomenal series. These were two great series. Now, 
obviously the headline here we gotta we gotta talk about Atlanta Braves up three to one and I'm sure there were a lot of people on Thursday night that were thinking okay the Braves are going to the World Series it sure felt like that and they ended up choking uh they ended up I don't even really want to call it a choke because while it was a collapse and they did not hold on to their lead it wasn't like they were supposed to win that series they were overachieving this whole way and so I don't want to I'm not going to be hard on them at all and I know some people were comparing them a little bit to the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl with the Patriots but the Dodgers are going to the World Series once again three out of four years well to touch on your point about the Braves yeah yeah, like you said, I don't know if I would call it a choke job because I like th- I think there's a a very big difference between, you know, the Falcons obviously it's a comparison between Atlanta teams. So, you yeah. understand where it's coming from, but it's um it's a very big difference I think in my opinion because it wasn't just one game obviously and it wasn't just like, you know, obviously the sports different for one thing, but it, it wasn't like they weren't in you know, any of these games after going up three to one. I mean, it it didn't feel like they just choked. It just felt like the better team took over. Yeah. You know, and, and you get that in a seven game series. Like, like this is what, you know, we wouldn't get early on in the postseason with some of these other matchups, like because yeah. of the three games and the five games, like you couldn't really tell who the better team was. And I'm not saying that, the right teams didn't win, the best team wins, right? But, yeah. Um, when you have more of a, a larger sample size, and in this case we got to a full seven games, which is amazing for both series, you really get to see the, as Alex Rodriguez would say, the depth of the Dodgers. <laughs> and you get to see the just the, the sheer star power that they really have. I mean, they, they just have some guys that just, weren't clicking and then started clicking, you know, like Bellinger um, hit that bomb the other night, a big one. I mean, that, that was huge. Almost messed up his shoulder as a result of celebrating. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I know uh, Dodgers fans were holding their heart on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. As happy as they were. Yeah. You know, and then, then Will Smith, it, it just, it seems like he's on top of everything right now. Like he's just, you know, he had the big home run and was a game six. That was game five on Friday night. Game five. Will Smith on Will Smith crime. It was it was oh, pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, we, we found out who the better Will Smith was. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And Atlanta's Will Smith was not he wasn't the same pitcher that he was last year, at least not in the 60 games uh, plus the uh, 12 that he played in the playoffs. No, he he wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if there was something going on with him. I I don't know what was up with him this season. Um, but yeah, you know, he pitched 18 games, um, which what is that like a? I mean, what what would he normally pitch in a season like 60? Yeah, games. So it's kind of hard to really judge, I guess, like with, with these relief pitchers. But at the same time, like the best relief pitchers just pitch well, you know, all the time. So, I mean, you're going to have your bumps in the road, and obviously it's going to uh, 
expand ERAs and things like that because of not pitching as many games or as many innings. So it looks a little bit magnified or, you know, but at the same time, you know, he just didn't, he didn't come through for them when, when they needed him to. Although, you know, the, uh, the main big, one of the big topics coming into the playoffs and, you know, throughout was how good their bullpen was like the bullpen, you know, was, and, and they did a really good job for the most part. It's tough to hold guys like the Dodgers have in check for too long. I mean, you just look out throughout the lineup. Mookie Betts, a former MVP. Bellinger, former MVP. Corey Seager, I, I don't know. Did he win a Rookie of the Year? Oh, he and, did and, win Rookie of the Year. You're, you're right, Joey. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember for sure. That would have been 2016. So yesterday... We saw, I mean, and you have a guy like Kike Hernandez who, with he has come up with some some of the cl- most clutch hits um, in yeah. the playoffs for the Dodgers. I mean, I, I just go back to this series against the Cubs in 2017. I mean, Justin Turner hit a huge home run, which is like a turning point in the series. Yeah. But. Kike Hernandez, he hit some major hits and hit a bomb, at least one. I think he might have had a game where he hit like two home runs. I, I can't remember <laughs> for sure, but I mean, and what he what he did, he hit an absolute. I mean, he launched one. Yeah, he destroyed that one. It's like you were touching on it. This Dodgers team, it's just a juggernaut. I mean, this is eight. They won the division eight straight years. They could very well win it two or three more times. I mean, the Padres are knocking on the door. The window isn't going to be open forever, but they put themselves in this position where they just get a crack at it every single year. And, I mean, you go over the stretch of those eight years, at least five, I'd say the majority of those eight years, they've been the best team in the National League. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and you, and you look at it like, you know, World Series, making a, a World Series appearance three of the last four years. I yeah. mean, that's, like, how often does this happen? This does not, this is, like you said, a real juggernaut. And, and uh, it just kind of feels like, and I don't want to skip over, you know, the what we're going to get to, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but it just, doesn't it just feel like, like it's their time like they, <laughs> like they've they've had to you know cu- they've gotten there so many times they've they've been good for so many years and they just haven't gotten over the hump like they just they have to have a year where they get over and like you said i i think that they are set up pretty good um with some money coming off the books after this year and you know you have like a great young a young nu- nucleus nucleus excuse me of guys with Bellinger and Betts and, you know, some of the, some of these other guys, Bueller. I mean, they've got, I think they're set up here to even can be the best team moving forward, which is scary, (laughs) but they they just, you know, they're one of the teams that just have the money to do it. And they, they really, they hit on all these prospects. Yeah. You know, I mean, the pitching, too. Like, you look at Dustin May, you got Gonsolin, Bueller. Like, you just go down the list, and it's it's just, it gets a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. And you still have Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> okay, so I'm writing a piece right now on Tampa, who we'll talk about later in this show. But it's about, you know, one of the things is that Andrew Friedman brought the Rays and, you know, he brought the Rays to relevancy as the general manager when he took over in 2005. And their whole mantra, that front office, and it's been the same way for 15 years now, is buy low, sell high, the stock market strategy. Now, he went over Mm -hmm. to the Dodgers, and he's done the exact same thing, only now he has the finances to be able to retain certain players. So what you've seen out of this Dodgers front office, the decisions they've made, it's just everything is first class. It's a first class organization. They've done stuff. So, for instance, I was thinking about they traded Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp was still at the peak of his popularity as as a Dodger. Uh, I mean, he was a celebrity. He was dating Rihanna. He was an MVP <laughs> candidate, and you know he was he was on top of L.A. He was the king of L.A. And uh, after, well, Kobe was still there, but <laughs> Matt yeah. Kemp. They, they traded him when, at a time when most organizations would not trade him, and that trade ended up in them getting Yasmani Grandal. And so it's like you look at that young core of like the 2008 when they first made the playoffs, which, you know, then they, they didn't come back for a few years, but that core of Ethier and James Loney, they, let, they parted ways with all those guys at some point during the stretch to be able to usher in the next unit and to just keep drafting and developing and accumulating talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's almost like he's got it down to a T. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. I, yeah, I don't know how I can put it any better than you just did because I think, just like you do, he's – He's really now he's got the the assets to be able to do what he wants to do, and he's shown that he's willing to do it. And uh, you know, like with that Red Sox trade with with Mookie Betts, and yeah, um, you know, sending over a, a very good talent. That would be Alex Verdugo. Verdugo, yeah, and they, and there, he wasn't obviously the only piece to that deal. Uh, but, yeah, and Jeter Downs, like yep. you know, and and. They still have Gavin Lux that was coming through the system, and they already and they had Seager, so they didn't really need Jeter Downs on the infield and in Verdugo. Like they're just loaded in the outfield, so they didn't really need him. But they're like, all right, let's get this star because Verdugo could be really good and maybe turn into a star. But we know that Mookie Betts is, so let's do that and win a World Series, get over this hump, and still be set up, and then you know get an extension with him. <laughs> so, and then Gratterall, who's just yes. throws flame. I mean, he, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's really remarkable what they've been able to, what they've been able to do. And kind of ticks me off if I'm looking at it <laughs> as a, the Cubs fan in me, you know, is like, it's the opposite wow. of what the Cubs have done. The Cubs have hung on to their guys for too long and spent money on the wrong guys. I agree. I agree. Now you you go to move those guys and you're selling them for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. So it's, I mean, we're not going to get into the Cubs today (laughs) because I I can't handle it. It's just going to, that'll ruin my whole night. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, no, I, I really am impressed with the Dodgers. Like, like many people have said, the two best teams made it there in the end. Yeah, that's what's so weird to me about this 
year in this postseason, I really thought that if there was one season that we would get just some funkiness, you know, this was the year, right? Yeah, 16-team playoff I thought could really screw something up. I did have, coming into these playoffs, I did have the Dodgers and the Rays prevailing. But, yeah, I was I was definitely a little cautious. I, I was concerned that maybe something weird was going to happen there. So coming into the season, my prediction was Dodgers and, and Yankees. Um, I guess I got close. Yeah. You know, but the Yankees, I don't know. They, they could not get past... Obviously, the team that eventually got there, right? They played them in the was the wild card, the ALDS. Okay, Joey. A couple other things here on the National League side. So one thing I think I talked about with Albert. I think at least three of the very best front offices were three of the final four teams remaining. And another thing I picked up on in the National League. I, these are probably the two best defensive outfields as I was watching that game. I'm like, you saw what Betts was doing out in right field, and we were talking about Betts earlier, but, I mean, he made three just huge run-saving catches. There was that, that he robbed that homer last night, which was huge. I mean, that that could have, that would have tied the game. That, that game would have gone to extra innings otherwise, and on the other end, you saw Christian Pache, who one of my favorite guys to watch. He got a real great opportunity in these playoffs here, uh, playing center. And that guy has so much range. He's so fast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He he's fun to watch. I mean, he you could tell he was upset because he would he would have caught that other one. He would have robbed that other ball that he was like <laughs> flat footed. When he jumped, and they did a perfect job of uh, highlighting that on the broadcast, by the way, because he, as soon as he backed up into that wall, um, yeah, he really just couldn't get any lift off the ground. But and then he, then he robbed what one or two other ones. So and then Betts just makes it look just like it, like it's just a walk in the park for him. I mean, especially that last one that he robbed, the homer, and then the the, the ankle catch that he made and then you know obviously with Azuna that not tagging and yeah. get, or jumping early but um getting him at the plate or well ended up being an out I mean but um you know great defense by the Dodgers and the Braves especially in the outfield it was it's pretty fun to watch when you get that because I, I I hate when games are decided by you know, clunkiness, and then when you just know, like, oh, that that w- could have been caught by somebody, and he just, or they just couldn't get to it because they don't have the range. We did yeah. not see that in, especially this series with the Braves and the Dodgers. Like, it was like, all right, if it's in the air, it's getting caught. Yeah. Well, we did see last night one of the worst base running plays that I, I've seen in the postseason ever. Oh my god, that was unbelievable. The Braves are in a situation with second and third, nobody out. Ground ball to the. I, it may have been. To, I can't remember if it was a grounder to the left side or the right side, but essentially they're running on contact and they end up finding a way to get doubled up. They double. They get the guy, the runners they were on second and third. It's a double play on neither play being a force out. 
it was just it was such bad base running. And I watched that game and I saw there was two runs there that they lost, and then Betts saved a run on the homer. That's that's why the Braves didn't win. Yeah, that was so critical. That, and like you said, no outs in that situation, and it's quickly two outs. They had so many opportunities last night to really bust the door open, to to really just come out and and get a sizable lead on the Dodgers and make them fight from behind from you know more than one run. Um, and that base running air was so, I mean, first of all, you see the, the infielder playing at the depth that he is, or the infield as a whole playing at the depth that they were, you don't go on contact. That's, that's number one. Like you just do not go on contact. Right. Yeah. You got to see it. You got to see the play. And then Austin, right. Was it Austin Riley? Yeah, came, I think it was. Got, ended up the second out, getting thrown yep. out at third. You got to get there. As soon as you see that happen, you have got to get to third. Go right away. You do not mess around. As as soon as that first, as, you, as soon as you see that he's caught, you get to third, because he's only going to be in the rundown long enough for you to get to third. And you want to make sure you have a runner there and take advantage of that. So it's like you're not losing anything but an out basically but instead turner makes a great diving tag and a heads up gets up pops you know and throws to third and doubles them up and it's t- terrible you, you can't have that yeah. in big games like that big games like that that's I mean, that's little league stuff you can't do that yeah it was really bad we'll shift over to the al well, i got one more point though and that's just that the Atlanta Braves, we, we touched on it at the start. This team lost Mike Soroka, Mike Fulton-Avish. They lost Cole Hamels and Dallas Keuchel. And so they had three guys who were their playoff starters last year who were not uh, available for them to use. Two of them are no longer on the team. One of them's injured. And so they had to call upon four pitchers age 26 and under I wrote a piece on jackvita.com. You can check that out. But I wrote about this pitching rotation. It was essentially, we'll see how far that this pitching rotation can take them. And there were some times where the moment seemed a little too big for Kyle Wright or for Ian Anderson in Game 7. But for the most part, this pitching staff was phenomenal through these playoffs. Got them as close to a World Series as you can go without actually getting there. And I expect this team to be right back here next year. They have some money to spend this winter. We'll see how they use it. Now, maybe Azuna is gone, and maybe they find the next one-year redemption story guy who's going to sign with the Braves. But (laughs) this Braves team, I have to think, because we, we did say the Dodgers have this extended window, I think I'm looking at if they have... They add a veteran pitcher, and Mike Soroka is able to come back. I, I guess I I don't entirely know, but if they add, they could add a couple of pieces here, and I have to favor them to win the National League going into the spring. Yeah, uh, that's tough to say. I guess favor because you can look at the Dodgers just as easily and say those two would be the top two. 
um, teams next year. I, yes, that, but Joey, it's incredibly difficult to beat the same team in the playoffs two years in a row. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Cubs learned that lesson <laughs> with uh, the Dodgers and from 16 to 17. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, you're, you're right. You're 100% right. Um, and like you touched on with the pitching staff. I mean, yeah, you get like a guy like Soroka back. It's too bad the, the situation with, with uh, Fulton-Evich and Soroka obviously getting hurt. Um, but um, yeah, Ian Anderson and Max Freed, super impressed by those two. Yeah. Um, I legit, those guys are two top end rotation guys. And then, you know, you'll see what, what, how the development or what kind of development takes place with Wilson and Wright. Yeah. How about Bryce Wilson in game four? He, he went, I think six scoreless innings. It was unbelievable. He had never pitched that deep into a game before. I don't think. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. That threw me off. I, I really thought, okay, he's going to get shelled here. Yeah. Right after Kyle Wright did the night before. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, because, you know, you look at how hot that the Dodgers were getting, you know, or they just displayed it the night before. And it's like, all right, you throw up this other youngster. uh, He's probably going to get hit pretty good. (laughs) But, no, it wasn't the case. He held his own. He, He looked pretty poised for a youngster. And yeah, that was really impressive. That's something to build on heading into next year for sure. I mean, the Atlanta really shouldn't be down as much as I'm sure fans are feeling it right now, but um, they have something to to hang their hat on here with, especially these these young core pitchers and you know they their team as a whole. Like you get you got guys for on the cheap end of of deal like you know, extensions with Albies and, and, you know, all that. So they're going to be right there. And it's, yeah, it's just really impressive to see how, especially like in your article, you mentioned Freed and Anderson just shutting down the Reds completely. Um, that's not really, and I know their offense isn't the greatest, but not a bad offense. So, yeah. They just completely shut them down. It wasn't even, it yeah. was just, it looked like they were playing against a minor league team, pitching against a minor <laughs> league team. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that is the Braves, and I think that they'll be right back here next year. I think they, as you mentioned, there's so many positives. They went as deep as they could in the NL playoffs. Uh, in a year that they weren't supposed to. So I don't think we can kill them. I don't think we can criticize them too much. But I did get this question thrown to me on Twitter the other night, Joey, and I referred to you. I was getting ready for bed, and you were like, ah, I'm going to bed too. I, I can't handle this either. But <laughs> <laughs> Someone said, I, I tweeted out, I'm like, it's crazy to think that either the Braves, the Dodgers, or the Rays is going to win the World Series this year. And someone said, would you mind explaining this to me in NFL terms? This is from at Fins or Die, Dolphins fan. And I said that I, I thought the teams that came to mind for me, and, and I wasn't even trying to do a one-on-one comparison for each, but I just thought uh, maybe like the Lions, the Bills, the Jets, and the Falcons. Those are, those are the teams that came to mind for me. I don't know how well I did on that, but some people disagreed with me. I guess I was just thinking Atlanta, 
Falcons, Braves, kind of similar story, and then with the Bills kind of being like the Dodgers. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could say that. That's not a terrible comparison. Except, I think I would take the Dodgers. You said the Bills well, would be the Dodgers. I think I would. Yeah, nineties Bills though with oh, Jim Kelly. Bills. Yeah. Okay, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. And then uh, the Rays. I mean, I I wasn't trying to draw a direct comparison to the Lions, but I mean. I, I kind of think it could work with the Lions and the Rays. I mean, I know the Lions, obviously, in the NFL, everyone's got a salary cap, so mm-hmm. it's not like anyone's at a clear disadvantage. But uh, the Lions just seem to be kind of cursed, like they're never going to win anything. So see the Rays, uh, I don't know. They, they were a perennial loser at one point, but there's probably a better couple of connections you can make. We'll see if we're going to go that route. I, I think I would put the Lions as Atlanta be, because, as the Braves, because. But the uh, Lions haven't won a Super Bowl. Uh, that's true. Yeah, you got to have yeah. a Super Bowl winning team. Um, and the Rays haven't won a World Series. Okay, but so what about the Jaguars? Would, would that could, could they that could be work. the Rays? Because yeah, the that small could work. team. Yeah, I just I think it'd be I think the Rays winning is a bigger accomplishment though than the Jaguars would be winning the Super Bowl because while yes, the Jaguars are new and they're an expansion team, they don't have some type of culture of losing that they'd really need to shed cuz they're young. Um so, and but then again at the same time, Joey, we are kind of splitting hairs because as I was thinking about this, I'm like, there are probably 10 or 12, maybe even 15 NFL franchises that you could say it'd be wild yeah. if they won the Super Bowl. You could actually put the, the, the Dodgers directly with the Bears because the Bears last won in 85. <laughs> but they ha- also haven't, they did make a trip to the Super Bowl in 06, I think. Yeah, the Bears haven't made the playoffs in back to back years, though, since the 80s. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like your I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> I I just it was so funny too cuz it was like I was just about to shut off my phone and I was like, "Well, this is a really great question. I want to give them something." So I just thought of those teams and I guess the Jets kind of fit in there too cuz they seem to always get kind of close and they bow out and they uh they've haven't won in 40 or 50 years, 40 years. Yeah. Except yeah, not recently. They look like hot trash this year. <laughs> oh man, that's bad in New York. Both New York teams are just garbage. <laughs> you hate to see it. But Joey, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's again, it's crazy to think either the Dodgers are finally going to get that ring, or the Tampa Bay Rays will get their first ring. I think there's so many great storylines going into these playoffs, especially the Friedman one with his connections to the Tampa Bay front office. I'm so excited to see this series. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, and the route that the Rays had to to <laughs> go just to get there, you know, it, it was, uh, I really enjoyed the ALCS too. And yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup with the Dodgers and I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Like some people believe that the Dodgers will win it. Um, 
I, I, this Rays team is just very pesky. They just play a different brand of baseball than seemingly everybody else. Yeah. So, do you think the Rays got a little too comfortable once they were up 3 0? It was sort of like they've had a chip on their shoulder. They won more games than anybody coming into the American League playoffs. And I know you're a guy who follows baseball extremely closely, you cover baseball and. I do as well, but I have friends who are texting me and they're huge baseball fans, but they don't, they didn't have the same kind of respect for the Rays or the trust in the Rays. I think the Rays were kind of enjoying having that chip on their shoulder. And once they went up 3-0, it seemed to me like maybe they got a little too comfortable and then the series ended up somehow going to seven games. What's your read on that? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think it's a little bit of a, a, a... There's a couple different things with that. One, I think you're right. Like, I think they've let their foot off the gas just a little bit. and I, they it's like, it's like they were looking ahead to the future. And, like, they just saw the World Series in sight. And they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to the ship. And, and it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's hard not to do that, I guess. When you're a young team like they are, um, for the most part, you know, and... and of, of course, other than guys like Kiermaier and to kind of reel them back in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they let up their foot off the gas a little bit. But I also think that, um, you know, the the Astros showed some resiliency. And yeah. even in the games that they lost early when they were down, th- when they went down 3-0, they were hitting the ball pretty hard. They were hitting the ball pretty well, and it was just finding mitts. Yeah, you know, so it was it was tough to see that. I mean, and not tough for me to see it. I, <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure for them that and their fans that, you know, okay, they they seem like they're hitting the ball pretty good, but just you're, you're seeing tremendous defense. Of course, like we talked about with the Braves and the Dodgers, the Rays played outstanding defense too. Um, whether it was Hunter Renfro making good good plays out there or Kiermaier or Adamas at short you know they just they really played solid defensively which is what we've kind of come to expect from them I guess but um you know and then like yeah so I think that played into it of course and with them like seeing the World Series so close but then the the Astros are still a very tough team. You know, they had, didn't have a good season this year. We all know about the the cheating stuff and all that. And when their back's up against the wall, it seemed like they, they kind of liked playing this villain role. And they just were like, all right, people are counting us out. Like, well, let's go. You know, you saw yeah. you saw guys like Altuve. He hit, hit the ball really well. I mean, obviously with the yips and stuff like that going on defensively, um, might have even cost him a little bit when he wasn't making an air necessarily, but the t- the flip tosses to second instead of like turning and throwing it overhand might have cost them some double plays. Yeah, um, you know, w- with turning into fielders' choices and extending innings, um, so that hurt them too. I think there's a little bit of a excitement factor, and you just gotta you gotta look at it like. Hey, when when they really knew they had to step up, like in Game Seven, when it was like, all right, it's go time now, and they they did it. They pulled through. Um, 
really questionable decision-making by Cash, but how do you question him at this point <laughs> because of how well he's handled these guys? And he yeah. like he pushes the right buttons. And like going back to what we were talking about before, like I call I, I think the Rays are just I like my nickname for them is just the innovators. <laughs> because they just do things like yeah. like with the opener, you know, starting that yes. basically. And then they they play like four outfielders sometimes. <laughs> you know, they just do things differently and it's fun to watch in this like new era of baseball. I, I'm just pleasantly surprised. I just uh, I can't get enough of it. Yeah, you mentioned what they do differently from everybody else and you also alluded to this earlier that the Astros kept hitting it right at the Rays. The Rays shift better than pretty much any other team. They have they're so analytics driven that they do so many things. So for instance, they shift and they seem to there was one play where a guy hit into a double play and they were they had like two short stops on yeah. uh, on the left side. It was unbelievable. It was it was brilliant. It was right at the guy. They turned to very easily. And what the Rays do, it's like they have guys who Joey, we've seen teams such as the Cubs try to imitate what the Rays have done. And I think that's one of the big things is people want to have the depth that the Rays and the Dodgers have. They can platoon guys. They can put out their splits and they got their lefty lineups or their righty lineups, but no one can do it as well as they do. I think that there've been, for instance, the Cubs have had guys that they've tried to make play multiple positions that are just not those guys. The Rays have athletes who you who can move from outfield to second base. They shuffle them around. They can play different positions, and they do it at an extremely high level. They're great defensively, as you mentioned. They have, I was looking at this for their 28-man roster last round, 14 hitters, seven of them left-handed, seven of them right-handed. Pitching, they have eight right-handed six left-handed so they've put them they've stocked themselves in this way that they can just trot out whoever they like based on the matchups analytics lefty versus righty they only have had two position players start every single playoff game this year it's pretty remarkable they trust so much in themselves and the numbers what the numbers tell them analytically like you like you mentioned and other teams tried it to imitate it but they just can't duplicate it they just it's it's like you know and then some teams will they kind of do it they'll halfway it (laughs) (laughs) um but you know it it's like you're either all in or you're all out i mean you, you could try to pick your spots but they are so good at picking their spots is when it comes to this analytics and like you you said about the shifting and which player to play where, which player to hit where against which pitcher. You know, they, they find these matchups, what pitcher to put in against what hitter. They know it. Like, it's it's almost like it makes the decisions. It's almost like they come easy for them. You know, yeah. like like we talked about uh, Alex Rodriguez being rehearsed and scripted. <laughs> like, it, it's, I'm not saying it is with them because it's like, off the script completely when you look at it as like an outsider, like a, just a, a fan of the game. 
but it's like he knows what he's going to do before he even gets in that situation when it comes to cash and when it comes to just the organization, you know, what they're able to do with so little as far as, you know, money goes. And, you know, they, they have to hit on all these players. Like they have to build the perfect unit, like, like putting together, piecing together a puzzle to make it a winning roster because they just don't have what every other team, well, a lot of teams have, you know, financially, and they don't have the luxury where they can miss a beat anywhere, and they then they steal these guys from other teams. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just ridiculous. Like Jose Martinez, perfect example. They traded him this year to the Cubs. The Cubs thought, oh, we're going to get a, a nice, nice hitter against lefties. We need help hitting left-handed pitchers. And Jose Martinez proceeded to go 0 for 21 with the Cubs, <laughs> and I don't even think he was on the playoff roster against the Marlins. And, you know, but the, and they got prospects, prospects back yeah. in return. So it's like those guys <laughs> might be hidden gems, and we'll see them in two years down the line. Or, you know, it's, yeah. it's just what it feels like anymore with this team. So it, yeah. it's, it's cool. It's really cool. And you mentioned the trade aspect. 14 out of 28 guys on that postseason roster were guys that they traded for. They seem to win every single trade that they make. It's, it's insanity. It is insanity. We haven't even seen, see, like with the breakout stud that is Randy Orozarena. Yes. And I love that guy. Like, Oh, he's great. The Cuban Mookie Betts. Oh, he's so fun to watch. He is one <laughs> hit away from tying a single postseason record. Of Derek Jeter's 21 hits. By rookie. Was it by a rookie? Yeah, by a rookie. Okay, yeah. yeah. But okay, yeah. He but still, that is that is incredible. Derek Jeter. We're talking about one of the greatest <laughs> postseason performers of all time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. that's how, what he, how out of his mind he what does he have? Seven bombs in this postseason? Six, maybe, six or seven, yeah. Six or seven. I mean, <laughs> they got him, and they got uh, who, who else did they get from the Cardinals? Well, they got Jose Martinez. <laughs> Jose Martinez, yeah, and he he worked well for them before, and then now they got prospects back in return. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It yeah, these trades, the Glass now trade, the the Austin with Austin Meadows, and you know Shane yeah. Baz, Austin Meadows. He didn't even have the season because he started out on the COVID list, um, or you know, to begin the year, and then he didn't really have a good year this season. But that's still another stud, and you just saw him hit a pretty big home run the other day. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys, yeah, they they know what they're doing as far as putting together a ball club and pushing the right buttons. And like you said about or we talked about about the Dodgers and the Braves being in good position for years to come, the Rays feel like they are too with that pitching nucleus. You know, I don't know what they're going to have to do as far as uh, I'm not. Maybe you're more familiar with Blake Snell's contract situation. I don't know that. Um I don't have a Rolodex of everyone's contracts in my memory quite yet, but I'll get there eventually, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, how do you keep up with that, you know? But, oh, man, too many guys to remember. 
but yes, you were saying. Yeah, but no, I, I just think that, you know, you got some young, just budding guys like Brandon Lau, um, you know, all these guys. I I just really like the prospects, you know, in the, in the years to come is all I was getting oh, at. Yeah. And I, I'm just really looking forward to this, what's ahead here for this matchup. Yeah, Joey, I'm so excited for this matchup. And one of the things I think that's so great about this sport is, so let's just say, hypothetically, the Rays win the World Series, which very well could happen. I, I do think that I slightly favor the Dodgers, and we'll get more into that in a second. But the Rays win the World Series, and you go back to last year, what won the Nationals World Series. Nationals didn't have a super strong bullpen. They did it with their starters. They use their starters as their relievers. Now you look at the Rays and they're the opposite where, yes, they have a, maybe the best rotation in the league, but they also, they put a greater emphasis on their fantastic bullpen. That's one of the things that I think is so great about this sport. It's the, what Jerry Seinfeld would call the democracy of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just look down the line. I mean, com- comparing the two teams, right? Because that, that's what yes. we're doing. We're previewing yeah. it. Um, the bullpens, like you, you talked about the bullpen. You know, for this season, the Dodgers were second ERA, bullpen ERA. And the, the Rays were third in, in bullpen ERA. And fourth in WOBA against. And the Dodgers were first in WOBA against for, for the bullpen. Now, I don't know if the Dodgers get that kind of credit because, I mean, Dave Roberts doesn't have a a long leash. We know that he does not have a a long leash, especially in postseason games. But the Rays, they use the bullpen early and often, and they start with bullpen, and they end with bullpen, and, and everything in between is pretty much all bullpen, other than, you know, you'll get your four to six innings from... Glass now, Snell, Morton. You know, Morton gets pulled at what, like sixty-seven to seventy pitches with one hit allowed or whatever it <laughs> yeah. was. I couldn't mean, believe it. And so much confidence in these guys. I couldn't believe it either. But it worked out. Yeah. Because they are just, yeah, they, they trust. They trust the matchups, as we alluded to, and they get the job done. Now they got Alvarado coming back. Whew. I mean, you know, I, the bullpen is in very good shape, and and we'll see. I mean, one of these days, one or two of these guys are going to have a bad outing, you know, in a critical spot. But when? Yeah, it's it's bound to happen when you bullpen. One of the things that you risk is the fact that you're you're. When you have a starter go deep into the game, Blake Snell, he's locked in. Now, when you use six pitchers in a game, you need each one of those six guys to be locked in and not to have, you know, you. it's it's tougher in that respect. Yeah, it's because, it, yeah, you need every single guy out of that pen to, what if it's not their night? You know, what if it's just not their night, but the guy ahead of them was rolling? We saw it. Last night with Julio Urias, rolling, right? Three innings, gave him three innings, and Dave Roberts didn't make the switch in the ninth inning. He said, all right, it's all yours, kid. Didn't disappoint. 
And then on the flip side with the Braves in game five, you had Minter who went three innings and was lights out. And that was, I mean, he may have gone four innings. He was great. And then uh, they were bullpenning the whole game and Will Smith did not have it. And as a result, the Braves aren't playing in the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. Such a small difference, but a big difference, right? Like one little thing could could go wrong for these pitchers, and that's the difference between a World Series and going home with nothing. Yeah, totally, Joey. Something I think is pretty crazy, I was thinking about this over the last series. When you play seven days straight in a playoff series, I know they want to get it done soon, I don't really love it. I don't think there's needs to be this big of a hurry. I know COVID is a concern and all that, but they've done such a great job with COVID this whole way. I think they could afford to have a couple of days off. Um, but in, in another respect, having more days off in between series, if you're going to play seven, so that way they have an opportunity to set up their rotations and just be equally rest. I think the Rays have a nice advantage and this is something that the I I don't know if they took this into account when they were setting this postseason schedule but the American League getting done a day earlier gives them an extra day off so they get two days off going into this World Series on Tuesday oh I completely agree I completely agree and that's you know I was wondering about how they're going to manage Nick Anderson's usage out of the pen um with how, you know, it kind of looked shaky. Yeah, I don't know. And he, he gives up a lot of hard hit. His hard hit rate is pretty high, even though he's obviously been very good for them. Um, but, yeah, you give him a chance to get a little bit of rest here. Not only him, but the rest of the bullpen and pitching staff mainly. Um, I that is, that is an advantage for them. It certainly is an advantage. Um, you give them so they have two days off and the Dodgers have one and then they're just jumping right back into potentially seven games. Um, of course, we want to see seven games. I always <laughs> want to see seven games. But um, no, it's certainly an advantage. And I, I don't I don't I, I do ha- kind of have a gripe about that. I don't think there needs to be this type of a hurry, especially yeah. now when you're letting in fans, which I, I don't have a problem with as long as there's. Like they're keeping their distance and all that, and I think it's great. I love that they're fans. Oh, I I, absolutely. How could how could you not? That's postseason baseball to a T. Obviously, not as loud, but (laughs) not as many fans. But no, you have to have it for postseason. I feel like for baseball, but and I definitely love it. But it's like, what is the extreme hurry to get this season? Baseball is not behind. Yeah. Like the NBA was or the NHL yeah. was. You, they lost games. They they weren't able they were only able to do the 60 game season, but they're still on track to get done. I, I don't understand. Like two okay, two days on, one day off, two days on. I feel like that's how it should have been. And the other thing, Joey, is that you mentioned NBA's over now. You were you had to compete against the NBA Finals at the start of these playoffs. Now there's nothing going on because hockey and basketball ended, and college basketball is not going to start for another month and a half or so. So we're going into November where we're not going to have any sports on in the middle of the week. We're gonna it's going to be just football on the weekends. 
So I was thinking maybe you capitalize on the fact that baseball is your only sport going on in the middle of the week, and you could benefit from that monetarily uh, and have some pretty good ratings. I think that it's kind of a they're missing out on an opportunity. There's no reason to rush through this thing, and I think when you have the games on every night, I mean, I have friends who are either not baseball fans and maybe they will just kind of casually watch sports, or I have friends who are more casual baseball fans. They're not committing to watching a game every single night. They're, it's just not happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it takes away from the casual fans' you know, interest, I guess, because they have other things that they like to do. Yeah. That's for basically what a casual fan is. And Oh, Joey, I have eyes. friends who are annoyed with me right now because I won't hang out with them uh, unless they have the baseball games on. <laughs> oh, trust me. I know the feeling. I'm not doing anything other than watching these. <laughs> I've been glued here on the couch. I mean, it's been like that for a while now. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Um, so, so we can hang out then. That, oh, that, for that. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, no, I I agree with you. I think they sh- they could have taken advantage of that had they chosen to. Um, the one thing I think they missed the boat with was just the scheduling for this whole postseason because I don't understand why there was like now correct me if I'm wrong was was it two weekends at least one for sure where they didn't even have baseball on on the weekend yes. when they have all these games being played during the day in the week. I, I understand yeah. the night games during the week. You right. can capitalize on that for sure. But people are working during the week and during the day games for playoffs, like they didn't even didn't even try to have any games on the weekend. And it was like, yeah. that, that is so, so bad on so many levels. Um, but yeah, when you're only competing with basically like a sprinkle of football during the week, um, you know, it's getting weirder now with all these rescheduled COVID games that they're moving back <laughs> to like Tuesday nights and yeah. stuff like that. But I think you would draw a lot more interest if they had, they done that and who knows what Rob Manfred and the people are doing. Cause it always seems like he makes the wrong decisions from a marketing standpoint and drives us, the diehards, insane. <laughs> well, we got to give them credit for getting the sport out there played before anyone else because they had a solid week or so before the other leagues got up and going. And to his credit, baseball ratings were up this year. I don't, I don't think hockey did extremely well. I think it did fine. But, I mean, hockey has diminished in popularity since the Gretzky years. And and then in basketball, their ratings were just, oh, my gosh, fell off the cliff. Talked about that last week with Albert. So we do have to give MLB some credit here. But I think you and I, they need to uh, add us as consultants for the 2021 season. Hey, I'm, I'm with it. I'll just send me a, send me a, a, a plane. <laughs> or just tell me where to go. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll find I'll find a way to scrap together the money to get there. Trust me. <laughs> 
that would be a, a deck of dream job. <laughs> Joey, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to need a pick from you. Who you got in this series? How many games? Well, I guess I kind of alluded to it earlier. Don't you dare um, take my pick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I, I want to say the Rays. Okay. I really do. Yeah. I really want to say the Rays because I, I just like what they do. Yeah. I, I really I, I I enjoy watching them play, like a lot. Yeah. Is are you and, about to say but or are you are you sticking with the race? <laughs> yeah, there's a button there. There's a button there. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I just don't think that it's anyone else's time other than the Dodgers right now. I they they have gotten close so many times that enough is enough. Like, let's get it over with this year <laughs> so that some of these other young up-and-coming teams can possibly overtake the throne next year and in 2022 and, you know, so on and so forth. Because, frankly, I'm sick of this being a theme every <laughs> year and every postseason. And I, I, I love the Dodgers players. I really enjoy watching them play, too. And I, they're so talented. I think in the end, I think Kershaw steps up. Roberts, please do not use him in the bullpen at all. <laughs> like, that's not his strength. Yeah. It's not, he doesn't do that's Just don't do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, th- I think they have enough firepower offensively to give the strength that is the Rays bullpen some fits. And I will take them, I want to say seven games, but I'll take them in six. Okay, I was about to say that you took the words right out of my mouth, but I have the Dodgers in seven, and my prediction is that a little over a week from now, I'm writing a piece on jackvita.com about it's time to put to bed Clayton Kershaw in the postseason, that he can't do it. Because he can, I think he's going to give him two signature performances. Maybe, maybe one signature performance and another one where he's just really good. Similar, maybe similar to what we saw in the previous round, where his team was the reason that that he allowed three runs with that error, and you know some of the things kind of happening around him. But I think you're going to get a Kershaw signature performance in game six or game seven and i'm going with the dodgers in seven for a lot of the reasons that you said i love it man i love it i uh (laughs) yeah oh one thing that we uh we touched on with the days off and stuff yeah lack lack thereof like with the seven straight games yes and i just i I had i gotta i had to go back to this because it's just on my mind and it, it bothers me we won't be able to see the best pitchers from each starting rotation pitch like on three days rest. Yeah. Right. Cause they, they have the off day usually in between. So that gives them the extra day. Like you might see a starter pitch three games in a seven game series. Yeah. What this does is now, you know, you might see Kyle Wright in there or, uh, well, that's not, not Kyle Wright this year. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Why am I thinking of the <laughs> Maybe next year. Why the was Braves? I thinking of the Braves? 
Because um, the Braves uh, had it won. They they were very close. Yeah, I know. I just I don't know what I was thinking for a second, but like you know what I mean. Like I want to see Kershaw, Bueller, oh, Gonsolin, yeah. or yeah. May. Like those three, and then up against Glassnow, Snell, Morton, and then run it back. You know, I, yes. I like yeah. You can have four starters. Obviously, that's what mostly happens but we'll only see kershaw probably especially with the back thing going on like for two games in the series and i if he was going to start game one which i'm pretty sure he is right kershaw versus glass yes. now game one that's correct like you could have saw kershaw glass now one four seven and with if yeah. you if you incorporated you know an extra like one or two off days in this series and that that bothers me, I guess. That, I just had to get that off my chest. I feel the same way, Joey. I, I feel you. But I think it will be a great series. And I really think it go it could go either way. Last year, I said, uh, I remember I was talking with Chase Beebe on this podcast last year, previewing the Astros and the Nationals. And he thought it was going to be a walk. The Astros were going to run through them. And I said, hang on, hang on there. Like the Nationals are going to push this to seven, and it's going to be a really close game seven. And I think that could be the case once again. I got the, I, while I am going with the Dodgers because of what I did last year and had that, a team pushing it to seven and coming up just short, and I was wrong. That's good news for you, Rays fans. Yeah, I do. I love it. I hope you were right because I would, I just want to see seven games always. Oh, yeah, and I'm not ready to just go into football mode for a month and then get – eventually we'll get college basketball, but, I mean, it's going to be weird in November. I think it'll be time to fire up the CBS All Access and <laughs> uh, watch whatever you want to on there. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know me. I'm heavily invested in football right now too. But Yeah, but, I mean, uh, weeknights, though. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, I see I use the week – just for me, I use the week as like research time. Yeah, like all throughout the week, I basically spend a You're lot of my time. Man. But yeah, no, I I try to stick with it as best as I can. I obviously can't twenty four seven because life and relationships and <laughs> yeah, you know chores and all that. You can't just do it twenty four seven. But let's just try how, how I try to allocate the time. But you know what? You gotta you gotta enjoy like. The challenge on CBS All Access once in a <laughs> yeah. while, or a good Netflix show, or Survivor, or, or CBS All Access. No Netflix. CBS All Access on this podcast. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> CBS All Access. All the time. But you get my point. I yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, like, I'm just kidding. It's, it's all oh good. yeah, I know. Like you gotta yeah. But I'm with you. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to see baseball go for. Like we gotta wait till March. Like this is tough. Oh yeah, that's it was a rip off. We only got like three months, and we had to wait. the <laughs> The off season was longer than the regular season, but it'll be all, all be yeah. good. Joey, we gotta wrap things up, but I want you to plug everything you're doing. Uh, I don't want to get the name wrong because I know you were at a previous sports blog, but now it's under new management. Tell us about what you've been working on lately. What are you cranking out this weekend, and what can we expect from you uh, moving forward? Yeah, well, f- hey, first of all, man, I 
so much appreciate you having me on this podcast. Like I like I was saying earlier, I was really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of your work, your site, your podcast, uh, all of it. So, um, likewise, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Riot three two six. Some people mistake that as Ryan Terrio. It's not. Oh, really? It's, just it's the not. Riot. Three two six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my name's Joey. Um, but uh, no, you can find my work at primetimesportstalk.com. Um, we switched over from the scorecrow.com or merged together with them to build one massive site. Um, and with a with a great group of writers, editors, um, very knowledgeable sports guys. Let's just say that and girls. Um, but yeah, this week I will be working on, as I have since, well, I did it last year, but since the beginning of this year too, um, uh, the NFL DFS stuff that I've got going with, uh, I do the cash game plays and article, and then I do the GPP slash tournament article, uh, GPP plays, dart throws and stacks, article um weekly usually it comes out sunday morning so if you're into daily fantasy sports and daily fantasy football um check that out as well as all just all the content over there it's just all good stuff uh it can help you with your start sit questions um they do previews and recaps of of games um it's not just football too it's just all sports we're talking baseball um but yeah that's uh if you guys want to check that out uh, feel free to check that out and yeah man i appreciate it that's about all i got good stuff great job and i'm sure we'll do something like this again in the future i'm glad we were able to finally make it happen uh stand by for nfl playoff action in january i'm sure uh i'll be hitting you up around then oh sounds great man i can't wait all right thanks again joey all right thank you brother that concludes my conversation with Joey Ricotta. It was great having him here. Had a lot of fun. Lots of good stuff there. Make sure you check out his work. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Jack Vita Show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Whatever it is that you get your podcast, there's also a YouTube channel. Make sure that you subscribe. You won't want to miss out on all of the great content that we have coming up Throughout the remainder of 2020, next week, we will have a TBD guest to recap the World Series, put a wrap on baseball, and then we should be shifting gears into college football and NFL stuff and maybe getting things ready for college basketball. So even though we're sad that baseball's ending, still plenty of stuff to look forward to. I hope you guys are as excited about this World Series as I am. If you want to hear my thoughts as I watch these games, follow me on Twitter at Jack Vita Show. Same on Instagram at Jack Vita Show and Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Once again, great episode coming out next week. Make sure you subscribe. Have a great week. And until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters.